When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngkin. I don't know. By the time you get through the weekend, you might not be so comfortable. We might have some aching muscles. The weather actually looks pretty manageable this weekend. Morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Now, we do have a sliver of a chance of rain in the forecast, basically, from today right on through to Tuesday. We'll find out more from Stumacher Ag Meteorologist on where the best odds are for rain and how much rain we're going to get. Stick around for that. Today, partly sunny skies, 30% chance of rain, 72. Tomorrow, Partly sunny skies, 20% chance of rain, 71. Sunday, 20% chance of rain, partly sunny skies, 75. Now, Monday, we jump up to a 40% chance of rain and 74 degrees. But again, like I said, temperatures are going to stay in the 70s right on through the weekend. A couple items for you this morning. The governor has appointed four Wisconsin agribusiness leaders to the Wisconsin Department of Ag Train Consumer Protections Board. We've got the names for you. Charity Seebecker is going to join us this morning with an effort by the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources to get all of us outdoors enjoying this weather. The Out We Go campaign officially launches next week. We're telling you about that. Carrie Mess is stepping in. Did you ever imagine that your pharmaceuticals, that your vitamins would all be delivered to you courtesy of a dairy-based product. Research is underway right now to take some of the smallest, most valuable proteins that we produce in a gallon of milk and turn them into pharmaceutical-grade carriers. Like I said, uh, Carrie Mess has got the details for us. Team coverage for you, as they say, and it's all coming your way. As proud supporters of the beef industry, Compure Financial sends a special thank you to beef producers during National Beef Month. Compure recognizes the dedication it takes to produce safe and nutritious beef products for our nation and the world, which is why at Compure Financial, they're defined by you, your hopes for the future, as well as your needs today. Visit Compure.com or call 844 844- 426-6733 to learn more. Copy Financials, an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Farm incomes have been on the rise for the past five years, and while they may drop some in 2023, they will still remain at a healthy level. That's according to Blaine Nelson, senior economist on the strategy, research, and analytics team at Farmer Mac. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Nelson describes what we can expect this year in terms of acreage, commodity prices, and farmland values. So farm incomes peaked last year, according to the USDA's February report, on a net cash farm income level, nearly $200 billion. Highest level on record uh, on an inflation-adjusted basis and certainly on a nominal basis. So very strong farm incomes last year. The year before, they were also strong. We've seen farm incomes on the rise, actually, for the past four, five, six years. What's interesting is that the USDA doesn't see that momentum necessarily carrying forward. And it's not necessarily likely that they would, given that we peaked at record levels last year. We're going to decline about 23% this year, according to their report. It's a headline-grabbing number, 23% decline in farm incomes. That is, on a normal year, a pretty big drop. The thing to keep in mind is that it's only to $150 billion, which is about 50% higher than the historical average. So farm incomes 
are likely to remain elevated this year. That's the way USDA sees it. They're going to be down off of last year, but still at a very healthy level. And the farm sector overall remains in a really good spot. What is the acreage forecast? I know USDA's report maybe isn't exactly the same as Wisconsin's annual crop average. Take me through that comparison and then how that plays into even farm expenses and things like that. The USDA currently sees more corn and wheat acres this year. Acres of soybeans is supposed to stay stable over year at a national level. For Wisconsin, they see it running a little bit counter. Um, soybean acres actually supposed to increase in Wisconsin. Wheat acres supposed to decline, hay acres down, and then corn relatively flat. So somewhat counter to the national trends, it is a reflection of what's gone on in the state of Wisconsin for the past 30 years. Fewer dairy cattle has led to fewer acres of hay needed. On the other end of the spectrum, soybean profitability, especially in the upper Midwest, has increased pretty drastically over the past few decades, and so it's only natural that you would see the increase in soybean acres. There is something to be said as well. Expenses for soybeans do historically run lower than corn, mainly because they require significantly less amount of fertilizer. And so when we think about a high input cost year, and that's what the USDA thought it was going to be, it is only natural that you would see more acres of soybeans. It's interesting in their prospective planning report that they didn't see that at the national level. They did see more acres of corn and soybeans staying flat. Uh, but, you know, it's only a March report, and, and this is their projection based on um, what they were seeing going into the year. We'll learn a lot more when their June report comes out with actually what people planted. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we did see more acres of soybeans than, we, than that were actually planted last year on the national level. How are commodity prices looking this year compared to past years? Commodity prices are down compared to where they were last year. It's unfortunate, but you know it really is a reflection of the fact that last year we saw a huge supply disruption from the Ukraine war. They're still at elevated levels. Farmers should still be profitable given what the current futures prices show, but they are going to have to manage their margins a little bit more proactively than they probably had to last year. Farm expenses have come up in aggregate. We have seen a bit of a pullback in farm expenses that should help preserve, again, some of those when you think about a profit margin, the decline in commodity prices, you've also seen a pullback in some expenses. Cash rental rates, seed costs, a lot of those non-energy related prices are up though this year, and that's going to compress margins. When we think about where we're going moving forward, you, you have to take into account our competitors. Latin America has a very big crop coming to market, and that's going to absorb a lot of that export demand. Argentina is suffering from a drought, and so there is hope that maybe the U.S. can slide in and, and take some of that demand that generally goes to the Argentina producers. But Brazil's crop is so large that they are in a pretty good spot to fill that instead of the U.S. So it'll be interesting. Uh, lower prices probably overall this year compared to last year, but still at a very profitable level. When it comes to hay prices, how is drought driving the regional differences throughout the U.S. that you're seeing, and how is that going to affect Wisconsin specifically? So Wisconsin... Luckily, not suffering from the same drought conditions that have plagued the U.S. Southwest. Hay prices in California this past winter skyrocketed, really a reflection of how bad the drought got there last year. When we think about, okay, moving forward, what do we see happening? Well, the drought is largely abated in California, but it's migrated to the Southern Plains. And there, the beef cattle sector relies heavily on pasture in that area. And so, because the drought is so intense, 
it's hit the pasture quality and beef producers there have had two options right they can either sell their cattle or they can go out and buy feed they've really done a little bit of both feed inventory levels if you think at hay inventory across the u.s is down this year it's a reflection of increased demand because pasture conditions are bad but even with the ability to buy feed, a lot of producers have just had to sell cattle. And so, you know, hay prices moving forward, they're likely to remain somewhat elevated depending on what type of a crop we see really across the U.S. this year. Uh, but luckily for producers in the Midwest, they haven't had to pay, at least dairy producers, I should say, in Wisconsin, haven't had to pay maybe the same elevated prices that they would have if they were located in the U.S. Southwest. What trends are you seeing in farmland values? They have started to slow, and we started to see that really at the back end of 2022 and now through this spring. Several reasons why. I won't kind of define them all, but higher interest rates, right? A lot of headlines about that. Lower commodity prices kind of weighing on profitability. We've discussed that. And then just a, an increase in the amount of acreage being brought to market this year. A lot of absentee landlords or retiring farmers have looked at record farmland values, and they said, hey, it's a great time to sell and uh, cash in on this. And so we've seen a lot more of those acres being brought to uh, market and sold. It hasn't weighed too heavily on farmland values, but you have seen the rate of increase really start to slow. How do agriculture exports affect those farmland values then? Where's the trends of comparison there? Because some people may not think you're exporting things. How does that affect the land? But it does. It does. And, um, you know, I think it's really interesting to look over a long term. The correlation between agricultural exports in the U.S. and farmland values, it's almost one to one. It makes sense. Exports are such an important component of farm incomes overall. Exports account for about 20 percent of uh, U.S. agricultural production. So it's a key part. When we see greater export demand, we see higher farm incomes and farmers tend to invest back in uh, their primary asset, which is farmland. And so um, we saw record exports last year, nearly $200 billion. And um, that really led to the boost in incomes that I've already discussed and, um, and higher farmland values. Looking ahead, we're really going to want to probably see a weaker U.S. dollar in terms of helping kind of encourage U.S. exports from a uh, competitive standpoint globally. But um, so far this year, the first two months of data that's out shows that the U.S. agricultural exports are on pace with last year, which again was a record year. Um, and so that's conducive, hopefully, for uh, higher farm incomes that should help offset some of the higher interest rates. So earlier you were talking about the bank issues. Can you kind of touch on that? But what challenges the Federal Reserve facing and knowing those challenges, what do farmers need to do then to remain profitable? Yeah, so the Federal Reserve raising interest rates was really to help kind of conquer um, elevated inflation levels. They've done a decent job, at least at starting that process. Inflation has started to trend down, but it's higher interest rates have caused a whole lot of you know, collateral damage, if you will, um, in some unforeseen ways, some maybe a little more predictable. I think what's important for farmers is going into this, a lot of them were able to lock in a lot of low interest rates on on a long-term fixed basis. That sets them up very well to be able to weather some of the interest rate volatility here that we see in the in the near to medium term. When, when thinking about production loans and the fact that you're borrowing on a year-to-year -year basis, that you are going to see higher costs. The one thing to note there is that higher farm incomes have given producers options. They don't necessarily need to borrow as much because they're sitting in you know, in, in many cases on a lot of cash. And so that helps them, it gives them a, a decision, how much do they want to borrow. It also, because they have a lot of cash, gives them the ability to absorb higher interest rates. Um, and so high farm incomes have 
really struck at a good time to help farmers kind of navigate the volatility we've seen in the interest rates. That was Blaine Nelson, senior economist on the strategy, research, and analytics team at Farmer Mac. You can learn more and reach out to him at FarmerMac.com. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Blaine's Farm and Fleet is your one-stop shop for all your seasonal supplies. Like Balin 12-foot gray horse utility corral panels. Now buy two, get one free. And save 15% on heavy-duty rail gates. Stock up on JT8 Super Heavy Duty Diesel Oil, a 5-gallon pail, just $79.99 after $20 mail-in rebate. And take 10% off all Blazer Trail Lighting. Rewards members take 15%. Find value at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Suite of Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Sweeta metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Falling asleep at the switch here, reading a text message from my buddy Stan, who says he's making his way down to Kentucky and found out that there's not as much field work necessarily going on down there as we might have been led to believe. Let's talk about this. Time for a Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on a Friday. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us. Well, I am a little surprised. I thought that after that dust storm we talked about yesterday that there'd be more going on down there. I'm more concerned about what's going to be going on up here And let's start off with the moon, the beautiful moon that I think a lot of people can see this morning. I was going to ask you about it yesterday. What's it called? Well, from what I've got, it tells me the full moon at this time of the year is called either the planting moon or the milk moon. That makes sense. I would love to keep the tradition of it being a planting moon in place, but I'm a little concerned about this 30-40% chance of rain that we're picking up over the weekend. Is this going to be measurable? Are Are we going to get kicked back out? Well, there's enough chance, you know, every time with this boundary holding on, there could be a couple of tenths of an inch here and a few tenths of an inch there. 
That would be enough to do it, unfortunately. That would be enough to really slow us down in the fields. Let's look at where we start today with a low out to the west and kind of a wavy front from South Dakota, southern Minnesota, into western and central Wisconsin. There is just a little rain north of that frontal boundary, most of that from the Twin Cities to Eau Claire and into central Wisconsin, still north of Mauston. Sprinkly little showers there this morning. They aren't going to amount to much. And that does mean some morning clouds holding on in the west and maybe a sprinkle or two. More likely, that front kind of pushes north as a warm front here today and then returns south as a cool front in the night. That could mean a little more possibility of rain, especially in central and eastern parts of Wisconsin. A chance of a little rain by late this afternoon or into the evening. At that time, you know, a couple of tenths of an inch of possibility. Then that front starts to push north as a warm front tomorrow. Still could keep a little rain chance in around La Crosse and Mauston. Could be a couple more tenths there into Saturday. East, I don't expect it to turn out to be much. Low pressure is finally going to move from Nebraska and Kansas, head up toward western parts of Minnesota this weekend. Now that pulls that front a bit further north, but again, I expect it sags a bit south as a cool front at night and into the early morning, then turns back north as a warm front later in the day, keeping that chance for a hit-and-miss shower around even as we head through Saturday into Sunday and lingering around for Monday. Some of the most likely chance I've seen of strong weather or severe weather is in central and northeast parts of Iowa. Unfortunately, that would kind of default include La Crosse, where rainfall amounts could add up easily in a half to one inch range yet through the weekend into early next week. It should stay lighter the further you head east into central and especially into eastern Wisconsin. And the temperatures stay a lot more mild. In fact, a better chance to stay up in the 60s and 70s as we head through the weekend and right into next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Mutual Assurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We go through safety training and try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. Farm Safe 811 starts with you. Always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. All righty, Stu, let's talk more about this forecast. Grilling out still a possibility, but it sounds like some folks may have to put it into idle as far as field work, huh? Yeah, that's unfortunate, especially I think western Wisconsin, probably more under the gun for that. Our Compere Financial Ag weather update, more of a partly sunny sky today. There could be some sprinkles or a brief shower in the west yet this morning. And then some chance of redevelopment here in the afternoon on toward evening. Now I'd expect temps today at least up into the 70s. There could be a mid-70 in southern Wisconsin, maybe a little cooler, certainly cooler near the Lake Michigan area. South winds will be around 5 to 15. More likely overnight, mostly cloudy showers, maybe some rumbles of thunder, and we could see a couple of tenths of an inch of rain. Nighttime lows mid-50s, south winds at 5 to 10. 
That rain chance lasts into Saturday morning in the east, could redevelop in the west already in the afternoon. Mostly cloudy, maybe more breaks in the daytime and cooler. Upper 60s are near 70, southeast winds gusting to 25. Some rain Saturday night could linger into Sunday, scattered showers, possibly some thunder. I'd say some sunshine peeking through now and again, though. Sunday, Pam, a lot of upper 70s for highs on Sunday. You know, that's going to feel kind of summery here as a way to wrap up the weekend. Yeah, I just wish we didn't have that moisture element around. But I guess, you know, like I said, better that we've got it as opposed to not. You know, all the dust that they're talking about elsewhere. We'll, we'll deal with it, that's for sure. Thanks, Stu. Have a good weekend, buddy. You too. Stay away from the sprinkles. Yeah. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist with the weather details. I think everybody would like to stay away from the sprinkles and just try to get something done. We'll see. Don't forget, use our talk text line. Let us know what's going on in your backyard. 877-301-FARM. Your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner. Committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We work around it and we live around it every day. And we just become desensitized to what's around us. We go through safety training and, you know, we try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen, but you just never know. There are so many farmers that I think take for granted all of the underground utilities that are there. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. I mean, we kind of know what's out here, but all at the same time, you, you just always call. Farm Safe 811 starts with you. Whether you're installing drain tile or doing any sort of digging, always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked and have the depth confirmed. That's farming with care. But if a line does get damaged, go somewhere safe and call 911. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. Let our family help your family. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, <laughs> our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. 
At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman forever ready electric. Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working forever ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are ever ready. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. But first, Robbie, let's go back and cover the draft. Last time we spoke was before the draft. What did you think of Brian Gutekunst's latest uh, draft class, and who's going to be the breakout star of said class? Yeah, you know, overall, I, I really did like it. I mean, we can nitpick at a lot of things. My biggest thing is I would have went wide out right away at 13, even traded back there and maybe picked up another pick if, you know, Smith and the Jigba, you know, you guys know how, how I felt about him. Same way last year I felt about the two Ohio State kids, Olavi and Garrett Wilson, and they both wound up as the rookie all-pro wide receivers, right? Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I won't spend a ton of time there um, because, I, you know, we, we talked about this guys last week on the show. If you had to list Green Bay's needs in, you know, probably even in order, Evo, you would have went wide receiver, edge rusher, and tight end as the top three, right? Um, number four, probably safety. They hit one and two, one, two, and three immediately, right? Van Ness, the outside linebacker out of Iowa. Musgrave, the tight end out of Ohio State. Jaden Reed, who's going to start probably from day one, the wide receiver out of Michigan State. So, you know, he, he went need, 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 and thinks he got himself a really good p- player at every, every single position. Time's going to tell on that, but it really was one of those years, and we talked about this last week, where – their draft needs um, really did probably line up in a lot of places and a lot of times 
with the player they had ranked highest on their particular board. Only they know for sure if they cheated the board a few spots here or there. But teams do that all the time. You know, if you're desperate for a tight end, if you're desperate for a wide out, sometimes you have to cheat the board a little bit. I don't think that this was the year they had to do it. It was a ridiculously good tight end draft. Um, they got they got two of them. It was a good edge rush draft. Um, you know, they, they started things off with, with Van Ness. I think they could have waited a little bit there. Um, they got themselves two defensive linemen that I think are going to play right away that had to replace, you know, Jaron Reed and Dean Lowry. Um, you know, top to bottom, I, I thought it was really good, Evo. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you asked who I think the breakout player is going to be. I think Jaden Reed stepped in from day one, and he's he's a starter, Evo, and he probably catches 60 passes right out of the shoot. He's going to play in the slot, I think, from – from day one, I, I maybe if they have an injury or if, if, if you take Watson or Dobbs off the field, he does have the ability to bounce outside and, and play some on the perimeter. But most of most of the time, I think you're going to see him, you know, lined up probably 80, 90 percent at least of his time in the slot. And on top of it, and I know Green Bay has an outstanding return man right now that you know, everybody fell in love with last year. They gave him some money this offseason in Keyshawn Nixon. But Reed has that exact same ability. Um, so if there's an injury there or maybe they want to split the duties or something like that, you know, Jaden Reed certainly has that ability to be a, a dynamic player um, in the return game as well. Brian Gutekunst told me um, during one of those press conferences over the weekend, I asked if, if Reed was the highest player on their board in terms of special teams and in the return game. And he said, yes, he was. So um, I, I, I do think they got a really nice player there at pick number 50. So, you know, we, we can nitpick a little bit as we go. Evo, I, I think the pick of the kicker was really bad. Um, I, I don't I don't think he'll make the football team or he'll get cut at some point. So is Crosby back or no? What's up with Crosby? Nope, Crosby won't be back. He's done? They're going to they're, they're gonna let these couple of young guys fight it out. There's one other one on the roster right now, but obviously when you're a draft pick, you, you're going to have kind of first uh, shot at that position. And then if then if things go haywire with Anders Carlson, the sixth round kid out of Auburn, then they may they may be going a different direction. But right now, to me, Evo, you know, and and I and hey, for Packer Nation, I certainly hope I'm wrong. Um, you know, but but Carlson's body of work at Auburn doesn't instill a lot of confidence mm. that he's going to come in and and set the world on fire. Uh, you know, Evo, he was he was not, he was 91 percent inside of 40 yards, which is obviously terrific. You know what he was outside of 40 yards, Evo? What? 53%. Ooh. Not that's, good. That's not good. Rob, not good. What'd you, 40, and, and 40 and beyond. I mean, that's where half your kicks are. Yeah. So, what did you think of Sean Clifford, by the way? You know, here's why I didn't mind the pick, oh, okay? Everyone I've talked to, like, hates it. I figured you would be the yep. contrarian. I love this. Come on, Robbie. Let's go. Yeah, no, no. I, I, and, and here's what I like. I, I think the guy... Has enough athleticism. Remember, he ran a four six two at Penn State. He's really smart. He scored a thirty on the Wonderlick. He's the perfect guy for seven years to ten years in the league to hold a clipboard. And the last thing the Green Bay Pack and Andy's good enough, Evo. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, I think that a lot of tractors are going to be on highways and byways this weekend, given the weather forecast. Now, we do have a chance of rain in the forecast from now, basically through the middle of next week. Today, partly sunny and 72. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 71. Sunday, partly sunny and 75 degrees. I'm Pam Youngke. Glad you're along with us on this, the fifth day of May. 
Cinco de Mayo. On this day back in 1904, Cy Young pitched the first perfect game in modern Major League Baseball. A game is considered perfect when none of the opposing players reach the first base. Young's team at the time was the Boston Americans. They won 3 to nothing over the Philadelphia Athletics. And this day, back in 1904. On this day in 1997, the final episode of Married with Children airs on Fox TV. 1997, last time Married with Children was uh, created, I guess we'd say. But boy, I'll tell you, it's still on TV if you look hard enough. Happy birthday to Michael Palin, 80 years young, part of the comedy group Monty Python. And now you know. Well, I mentioned the weather is looking beautiful for this weekend, and that's encouraging a lot of us to get out, maybe do a little yard work, maybe take a walk, or definitely get going with field work. Charity Seabacker joins us this morning with another option to try to entice people into the great outdoors. The Out We Go Green event, led by the Department of Natural Resources staff and partners, will be May 13th. There will be dozens of activities to enjoy, including group hikes, bike rides, paddling, and more. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Missy Van Landit, DNR Recreation Partnerships Section Chief, explains more about this event and why people should take advantage of it. Out We Go Green, this is our third event similar to this. So we did have this event in the spring of 2019. It was called Out We Go Girls. In order to be more inclusive, we've called it Out We Go Green um, with a focus on getting people into the outdoors that have never been outdoors before, have not done outdoor recreation before. So that's part of the green aspect. And then the other part of that is conservation related. In January of 2020, we did a very similar event up at Willow River State Park called Out We Go Snow. And really the purpose with any of these events and with Out We Go Green is really to introduce people to the state's public lands, to natural resources, to conservation, and to outdoor recreation without barrier. And so this event coming up on May 13th at the Kettle Marine Southern Unit at primarily the Ottawa Lake location, that is really designed to give everyone this incredible menu of outdoor recreation and conservation opportunities all in one place. So we have between our department, Department of Natural Resource partners, our external vendors, partners, and exhibitors, we have over 150 different partners that will be showcasing conservation and outdoor recreation opportunities all in one spot. So people can try everything from building a safe campfire from Flint to campfire cooking, bird watching foraging, rock climbing, mountain biking, kayaking, fishing, you name it, everything you really want to do outdoors. We also have kind of our motorized area where people can take rides in UTVs, ATVs, and off-highway Jeeps. There's so many different opportunities, lots of different short and long-distance hiking opportunities, and nearly every opportunity that we have also has an adaptive or universal component to it. So we really want to focus on an event that is open to everyone, regardless of your ability, and open to anyone who might be interested in trying new elements of outdoor recreation without the burden of having to purchase the equipment. That was Missy Van Landet. DNR Recreation Partnerships Section Chief. 
For more information or to plan your next trip to a state park near you, look for the links on our website in the article. You can find that at MidwestFarmReport.com. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. As proud supporters of the beef industry, Compure Financial sends a special thank you to beef producers during National Beef Month. Compure recognizes the dedication it takes to produce safe and nutritious beef products for our nation and the world. Which is why at Compure Financial, they're defined by you, your hopes for the future, as well as your needs today. Visit Compure.com or call 844-426-6733 to learn more. Compure Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Well, yesterday, Governor Tony Evers announced four appointments to the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protections Board, effective May 1st. Two of the appointments are current members of the board, two are brand new. Miranda Lease from Cashton is right now serving as the Senior Director of Dairy Handling and Supply for Crop Cooperative and Organic Valley. She's been involved in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau at the state and local level since 2005. She's also involved in her family's 350-cow dairy operation in Cashton, where she lives with her husband and three kids. She also serves as the Department of Agriculture's board vice chair currently, so she has reappointed Miranda Lease. Paul Bauer is the CEO of Ellsworth Ellsworth Cooperative Creamery up in Ellsworth. He's been in that spot since 2008. He grew up on a farm in Wausau and got his agricultural business degree from UW-River Falls. He's active in national milk policy activities with the National Milk Marketing Order. And uh, he is also a member of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association and National Milk Producers Federation. He's been appointed for another six-year term. That's Paul Bauer. New to the board, Tina Hinchley from Cambridge, owner and operator of Hinchley's Dairy Farm. They've got 400 registered dairy cattle on that operation. They robotically milk about 240 cows. Hinchley's Dairy Farm's uh, also big about ag tourism and hosting school groups, international delegations, you name it. Tina and Dwayne Hinchley have helped those folks see Wisconsin dairy. She is being appointed to a six-year term, replacing longtime board member, Andy Derricks. Then Cindy Brown from Menominee is a new face on the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protections Board. She is president of Chippewa Valley Bean, North America's largest exporter of kidney beans and the largest processor of dark red kidney beans in the world. She's also served in a lot of different leadership capabilities on national and international trade boards and councils. She is going to fill a vacancy created when uh, Patty Edelberg, from a former Farmers Union, resigned from the board. So those four are taking over the, some of the reins on the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protections Board, effective May 1st. Congratulations. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the markets this morning. The good news, I guess, is right now it looks like most of our commodities are in positive territory. December corn overnight is up a half at 529. November beans currently three and a half cents higher at 1272. July wheat's up two and a half at 647 a bushel. Dairy struggled a little bit yesterday. The butter was unchanged at 244 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese, though, dropped two and a half cents to 166 and a half. The barrel cheese was down three and three quarter cents, one fifty four and three quarters. Fluid milk for June is currently three cents lower, seventeen oh three a hundred weight. Keeping the dairy theme going, it looks like Wisconsin's maintained its strength, its prominence as a specialty cheese producer. The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service says with 25% of the nation's total cheese production, Wisconsin is maintaining its ranking as the top 
cheese-producing state in 2022. 928 million pounds of specialty cheese produced in Wisconsin accounted for 26% of Wisconsin's total cheese production. That was an increase of 51 million pounds from 2021. 94 of the state's 118 cheese plants manufacture at least one type of specialty cheese last year. Congratulations again, Wisconsin cheesemakers. You know, we talk so much about our dairy industry, but a lot of times we're talking about how are we going to use that milk. And many times we focus in on new product development or a new flavor. Carrie Mess joins us now with an update on that same focal point, how we use dairy, but this time it pivots towards the pharmaceutical industry. Carrie? Could milk be part of the future of pharmaceuticals? For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Dr. Grace Lewis is an assistant professor of food science at UW-River Falls. While there is all kinds of research going on across the UW looking at ways to improve dairy, her research is different. Instead of improving dairy products, she is looking at how dairy can improve other products. Grace, tell me a little bit more about your research. My primary research project involves fluid milk, the most abundant protein in fluid milk, the casein proteins. And what we do in the lab is we look at ways to break it apart and then reassemble it. So the idea is in breaking apart and reassembling it, you can add other compounds in like vitamins or medicines and you can actually encapsulate those products. So as part of your research, you're looking at kind of the the really minute parts of milk, but overall this helps the dairy industry by creating more of a demand. Yeah, so in encapsulating things, such as, again, vitamins or any pharmaceuticals, um, we're actually creating more avenues in which to use dairy ingredients. So in this case, using a protein to encapsulate a medicine, and then it now has an application in the pharmaceutical industry, so generating new revenue sources for the dairy industry. Is this a little bit of a problem that you have to keep in mind, is that people can be allergic to the protein in dairy? Yeah, so people primarily, and not everybody, but primarily, people are going to be allergic to one of the whey proteins, beta-lactoglobulin. So this is actually the other protein in milk. But currently we're using all of milk for in this encapsulation process. Um, but we're focusing on the casein proteins, which less people are allergic to, but it would definitely be a concern. When you are kind of considering the future of milk and, and how we can utilize fluid milk, where do you see the biggest opportunities? I have kind of always seen it with how digestible, how complete the proteins are in milk. So of course, protein is huge in the market right now. And dairy protein is one of the best sources of proteins, maybe second to eggs, but it's completely digestible, has all of the necessary amino acids. So it's a complete protein and it's, you know, good for you. And what do you think when we're looking at 10 years down the line with the research you're doing, what do you think you'll see? Well, I'm hoping that we will be able to use um, the milk proteins in in this way for, again, for some pharmaceuticals potentially, but also things like infant formula, these value-added products. I think this technology um, could play a major role um, in in these different products. Really interesting research happening up at UW-River Falls with Dr. Lewis. I look forward to seeing where it goes. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. 
They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters, the number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at benjaminplumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Here, money grows in rows. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Six top candidates will soon wrap up their extensive interview process to become the 76th Alice in Dairyland. The Alice in Dairyland finals are May 11th through the 13th in Walworth County. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Top candidate Shannon Lamb is another young woman vying for the position. She's already represented agriculture as the Lodi Agricultural Fairest of the Fair and as the 2022. Wisconsin Honey Queen. Shannon says she's hoping to take these experiences with her to the next level as Alice. So growing up on my family's diversified production farm, definitely being involved in agriculture and being able to share the joys and the experiences that come with agriculture is what brings me a tremendous amount of pleasure in life. I really, when I was fairest of the fair for the Lodi Agricultural Fair and as I served as the 2022 Wisconsin Honey Queen, being able to share my knowledge and the amount of joy agriculture has brought to me is what encouraged me to go on to pursue the position of Alice in Dairyland because you represent all of Wisconsin agriculture, not just one commodity, not one industry. It's, it's everything in Wisconsin and we have so much diversity in this state and being able to connect back to my roots as a diversified farmer, but also being able to share and educate youth, other adults, anybody is why I applied. Shannon, tell us more about your background. Where are you from? What's your connection to agriculture? I grew up on my family's diversified production farm. It's just outside of Wanakee, Wisconsin. I live in the township of Dane. So that's where my foundation for agriculture began. It started by working with my grandma in our family's garden. Truthfully, I don't know how much help I was. I was probably more of a nuisance at that age. <laughs> but I eventually adapted to feeding our calves to, in high school, milking every single day. And that led me to the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, where I attained my Bachelor of Science in Soil and Crop Science, Environmental Horticulture, Animal Science, with a minor in Biology. So being able to come back to being able to educate and share what I've learned by living on a farm, 
going to a college. I'm currently getting my master's degree in biological engineering, being able to connect it all back together, back to agriculture. That's how, that's how it connects. Shannon Lamb also tells me that she's no stranger to learning new things about Wisconsin's agriculture industry. She served as the Wisconsin Honey Queen without any prior beekeeping experience. I had to learn everything. I didn't know a whole much coming into it. And that organization, the Wisconsin Honey Producers Association, all of the Wisconsin beekeepers were so nice to me. I learned a tremendous amount, and I, I became the Wisconsin Honey Queen because I want to get bees, and I wanted to learn how to take care of them. Tell me a bee fact that people often are surprised to hear. So there are 3,000 different varieties of honey throughout the world, and there are 300 varieties of honey in just the United States. And you get the different varieties of honey based on the type of flowers the bees fly out and collect the nectar from. And I learned that the different flowers have obviously different nectar, so then it has a different sugar content as well in the honey. So that's how you get different flavors. In Wisconsin, we have a lot of cranberries, so we have a lot of cranberry blossom honey. We have buckwheat honey, and of course, wildflower honey. I want to get a feel for what do you think sets you apart or gives you an edge among the top candidates? I have a very bubbly personality. I love being able to talk to people. I can pretty much talk to anybody. So my personality, 100% sets me apart from a few of the other candidates. I'd also say being able to adapt and overcome situations such as COVID, that's such a unique opportunity in and of itself to adapt to your environment and try to pivot and try to carry on the goals that you have and try to adapt to that environmental change. I'd also say the vast amount of knowledge I have. I've worked in laboratory experiences. I'm a scientist, but I've also worked on the farm. So I want to be able to prove that you might not come from agriculture and that's okay. We all have to eat at the end of the day. We all have clothes that we have to wear. And being able to understand where your food and your fibers come from is super important. Do you think you'll bring anything new to the Allison Dairyland program? I have a few ideas. I don't want to share them quite yet. I want to keep that to myself and get them approved with the coordinators and with Debbie as well. But I, I have a few ideas for what I want to bring to the table for sure. Regardless of the outcome of this interview process, Shannon, what do you hope to get out of this experience? So being able to come back, a lot of these women I know from when I was a Ferris to the Fair for the Lodi Agricultural Fair, being able to connect back to them after a year of being apart is super cool. I walked in and I recognized all of them already. So the fact, regardless who wins, we're all incredible young women who have a broad future ahead of us. We're all going to do amazing things in agriculture. Truthfully, whoever wins Alice, I'm going to root for them. I'm going to be so excited for them if it is not myself. And even if it doesn't pan out, it's okay. Like, I'm going to keep being an advocate for agriculture. I'm going to remain active on my family's farm. But most important, I'm going to be a supporter for whoever wins this title. Shannon Lamb joining us, one of the six top candidates working tirelessly to prepare for the three-day Alice in Dairyland final interview process. This finale is May 11th through the 13th in Walworth County. We're featuring the top candidates with you here and at MidwestFarmReport.com.